York Giants fans. Welcome to episode 71 of the G-Man Journal podcast. I'm your host, Ben Zaccarelli, and today I am joined by Dylan Waxman for the final NFL redraft. Yeah, so we have the, the home stretch of these. Now, uh, just to advertise, we are doing the 2019 NBA redraft on mine right after this one, so you guys will see both of those dropped at similar times. And then um, this weekend, whether it's tomorrow or most likely Saturday or Sunday, I'm going to be dropping an episode where we rank all of the NBA draft classes. I don't know if you're going to do that for yours, but but yeah, that was, yeah, that's about it for my advertising for now. Yeah, we are going to do that um, at some point this weekend. Um, it, like Dylan said, that when that is um, is to be to to be determined. Um, but yeah, we will get into it here in just a moment. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Chris J. Vecarelli. If you're a small business and you're looking for an account to help with your tax needs, call Chris J. Vecarelli, CPA. Chris J. Vecarelli, we don't forget about the little guys. So uh, yeah, this is the last uh, one that we are going to do. To do um, we have, so you guys are getting back-to-back days um, for both of us as we missed two days due to many, many technical difficulties. Um, so yeah, so we will get into it here um, with the first overall pick. Yeah, uh, so so with the first overall pick in real life, the Cardinals selected Kyler Murray. He was the offensive rookie of the year, and I think he is a, a dark horse MVP candidate for this year on a, a team with some real weapons now. Uh, he did not bring the Cardinals any to, to much success. I mean, more than usual, but, but not much success this, uh, this past year, but he is still a very good player, so I think the Cardinals reselect him at number one. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so we have uh, the first, the, the same first pick to start things off. You could probably make the argument for Bosa, but then you need to really consider just how much, um, just how much the Cardinals needed a quarterback at the time, um, and how basically Cliff Kingsbury has been has been buying for to for the Cardinals to to get Kyler Murray ever since he got um, ever since he got the job um, as the head coach. So. So yeah, I think that that is definitely the uh, the pick there. So we can move on here to two to the 49ers where where the the Niners um, selected Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, along with other members on their elite defense, led them to the Super Bowl. Um, so I don't see any reason to change this pick. Yeah, just to mention, um, we have a not identical, but but almost near identical drafts. I, I don't know why it was so close. NBA similar. I mean, all of them have been kind of similar, but this is this is particularly similar. Anyway, um, I agree. I think Nick Bosa was far and away the best rookie in the NFL last year. It's just, and you could argue that the Cardinals would take him even more than most quarterbacks going number one, just because the Cardinals did have Josh Rosen, who even though he's not a good player, is not necessary one you maybe have not given up on him yet at this time because he was only played one year you traded him to the Dolphins um I I don't think it was completely logical to give up on Rosen so fast especially with a guy like Bosa on the board but but with seeing how it worked out with Murray I think it's a no-brainer there but anyway we can move on to the third pick where the Jets are on the clock yeah so here the Jets um the Jets picked uh, Quentin Williams, a guy who takes um, a bit of a tumble for me. I think that they stick on the defensive line, just go with a different guy, a guy who had 10 and a half sacks and in most years would would win defensive rookie of the year. It just so happened that, that Bosa had a terrific, terrific year. Um, 
So, yeah, Josh Allen is the pick here for me at three as the Jets stick on the defensive line. Yeah, I agree. I think Josh Allen is a guy that you could argue at the time, at the time, I'm not saying now probably, but you could argue that he was, um, well, he was most likely seen as like the second most talented player in the draft per se, potentially behind Bosa, just quarterback need is so important. And then you also see like um, Josh Allen did take a, a big tumble on draft boards. I think not necessarily for a specific reason, but but I think I had him going at number three and, and he felt here, I had this top three and, and he fell to seven. Giants probably should have taken him. The Jets, Raiders, Buccaneers, Giants probably all should have taken him. But but he is a great player. So I think this is a great pick for the Jets. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. Um, so we can move on here to four to the Raiders, where the pick was maybe the most picking or uh, the most shocking pick um, that I personally in my lifetime I um, I have seen. I was. I don't know. I, I watched this draft with, with lots of intent, and I was completely blown away by this pick. This pick and maybe the Jalen Hurts pick um, to the Eagles, I think, are probably the two, um, at least from from when I have, like, you know, watched the draft with, with extreme intent and, you know, had put together mock drafts and things like that. But anyway, the the Raiders here went with Clellan Farrell. Um, I, I, was, I, I have him going um, – was it the pick here? No way. I mean, if you were going, if you wanted that linebacker DN guy, you'd probably go with either um, Devin White or or um, or Josh Allen, or you could even make the argument for Devin Bush. So I think it really makes sense at the time, as n- not many Raiders picks do at the time. But anyway, um, enough rambling about um, the actual pick. Uh, the, the pick I have them selecting is a guy that they um, – that they selected um, later on in the draft, um, and that would be Josh Jacobs. Yeah, so I don't know if the and Farrell pick was the most shocking thing I've ever witnessed, or or, or in terms of the draft. I, I don't know. I think there are selections where you think, well, or, or I think it, like when you look at, well, the Giants, I've probably been more sh- in shock that they took Andrew Thomas or or – Daniel Jones, just because that was more important towards me. But in terms of actual, like, reaching up to get a player who who was not top five talent, maybe you could argue that Colin Farrell. Uh, in recent history, I don't know. I've been watching the draft, and and I, I, I've basically been watching the draft since 2014. So I, I'm not, like, the biggest tenure. But, but anyway, I think the Raiders select Josh Jacobs as well. Um, just to point it out, we have the first nine picks all the same, and, and then a lot after that as well. But anyway, I think this pick for the Raiders was ideal at the time. I think I had him going to the Raiders around the time he actually got selected. I don't see, especially when you're messing up probably on a pick like Clellan Farrell, why wouldn't you go with the guy who, who was probably the offensive rookie of the year until – all right, guys, so we are back. We unfortunately continue have to have technical difficulties, so we were uh, just wrapping up talking about the number four overall pick so we can um, move on to the fifth overall pick where the pick in real life was Devin White, um, and I think that uh, to the Bucs, and I think that uh, the Bucs stick with that here. Yeah, uh, just to, because I thought about it when we crashed and restarted, I'm just going to also point out 
just to go back to advertising for the slightest second, um, I am also, I don't know if it's going to be before or after um, this, this uh, the, the ranking all the draft classes episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, the new NBA playoff predictions with this new, this new format, considering today it just got ruled that um, from a 29 to 1 vote, from NBA executives uh, that we will be resuming the season on July 31st with the draft lottery on August 25th and the draft on October 15th. But anyway, uh, we can move on or we can say my fifth pick. And as you guys would know, if you were listening earlier, I said we had the first nine picks of scene. So we have Devin White being selected here. Uh, yeah. Devin White had a very good rookie season. I think, I thought at the time it was the slightest reach. I was not set on him being a top five pick. I didn't think it was like a Clellan Farrell or maybe even a Daniel Jones type reach, but I did not think it was necessarily a great fit. Um, for the Bucks at five, I was um, definitely wrong. He is a awesome player, and um, there are times I, I think you could argue that he is the best linebacker in this class. I would have to put Josh Allen slightly ahead of him if you if you want to call Allen a linebacker, but Anyway, we can move on to the sixth pick where the Giants are on the clock. Yeah, so uh, the Giants obviously um, selected Daniel Jones with this pick, so I think that they they stick with it here as Jones had a solid rookie season, obviously had the fumbling issues and and a bit of the interception issues, but I think he will progress this year and and then in the future, and I think that he uh, shows lots of promise, so I think that the Giants stick with Danny Dimes here. Uh, Yeah, I struggle with... um with nah nah I think um Daniel Jones is not necessarily the best player or or, or or isn't the best player on the board here um but he is the best quarterback on the board and when you see that need uh especially with how quickly Eli Manning flamed out the season now that he retired and and when you add on to the fact that maybe you are not um willing to wait uh wait a year to get another quarterback like Tua or Justin Herbert, or maybe if they were bad enough, even Joe Burrow. I do not think this is a, um, or I think this is a good pick for the Giants mate, or most likely a good pick for the Giants long-term, but um, I, I think it's a pretty obvious of most just redo, especially because we're only one year through. Yeah. All right. So we can move on here to seven to the Jags where, where um, they selected Josh Allen. Um, obviously, he is long off the board for both of us, but I think that they stick at the linebacker edge rusher position um, and go with um, and go with Devin Bush here. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think Devin Bush is a um, is the second best Devin in this draft. Clearly, uh, not a terrible player. This is a a somewhat stacked, I would say, at the top linebacker class as we have three or I have three and and I guess we have three going in the top 10 but I I think Bush is a good player who has a bunch of upside I do not think he will get on the or I don't think he has the amount of potential that Allen or uh or White have but he is still a very good player uh so we can move on to the eighth pick where the Lions are on the clock yeah so here the Lions um the, the Lions here went with um, TJ Hawkinson. Now, um, it, it's usually a big risk to take a tight end in the top 10, just usually because they don't go in the top 10. So if you have that much faith in somebody, that there's a good amount of pressure for them to pan out. Um, 
was TJ TJ Hawkinson um, didn't have the most successful um, uh, rookie year. Um, I think he was probably uh, the second best tight end in this class um, behind Noah Fant, who even Noah Fant goes uh, not until the end of this. Um, but anyway, um, Ed Oliver, um, who went just one pick later to the Bills, here is is the pick for me at eight. Yeah, so it's weird. I, I agree. I think um, TJ Hawkinson at eight, or a tight end at eight, isn't necessarily as questionable as things could get. Or, or maybe it is, but it's not so out, or it's not, I wouldn't be like, annoyed at the time I thought Hawkinson could have been the pick here what's weird is that Hawkinson and Fant were both basically sharing time at Iowa at the tight end position I I think it's kind of well I was produced some great tight ends also George Kittle a few years before but I think it's weird that you get two first round level and and they both went in the first round tight ends um from the same college and, and one has that much upside even going in the top 10 so I never really thought Hawkinson was going to be um, the most ideal pick. I agree with the Oliver selection, who had a very successful rookie season. Um, going into the NFL, like we saw him have an amazing, um, an amazing uh, sophomore season. I'm pretty sure uh, where he won the Atlin Trophy. He lost it the next year uh, to to Quentin Williams, but he is still. Um, been better than Quentin Williams in the NFL. So I think Ed Oliver is a great pick for the Lions at number eight. Yeah, I would agree. All right, so we can move on here to nine. To the Bills, where I think uh, the Bills um, pick a guy who made um, a play that uh, that saved Giants fans um, as he had a great catch to uh, basically seal the deal um, or, or help um, in large part to the uh, Seahawks' victory over the Eagles in the playoffs. Um, so, DK Metcalf um, is that guy. Um, he had a very successful um, rookie year with the Seahawks, um, and I think that he goes ninth here to the Bills. Another, uh, unlike the Iowa tight end situation, you saw two of the higher um, stock level receivers in this class. Not that they were the top two receivers in this class, both out of Ole Miss with him and AJ Brown, who I've gone a few picks later. Um, a very, very deep receiver class I would say in terms of guys going I have a total of um of just to just to count I have a total of seven going here uh not like one who is a standout I have the same Metcalf pick here not any standout receivers yet I I think Metcalf and and AJ Brown could both turn into that but you have other guys like like Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel and Hollywood Brown and Darius Slayton and Nicole Hardman and others. Um, so I, I think this is a good pick for the Bills, who we saw them break out because of their defense. And even without Josh Allen, they, they still have a very – or without, um, without Ed Oliver, they still have a very good defense. Uh, I think that it would be helpful maybe to add a, an offensive skill position just because they kind of lack at those. I mean, they have Josh Allen, a quarterback. The running back situation with, like, Devin Singletary and last year Frank Gore is fine. And then receivers with, like, John Brown and Cole Beasley, not ideal, but not not terrible. So I think it would make a lot of sense to add a receiver here. Yeah, I would agree. All right, so we can move on here to round out the top ten um, uh, with the Steelers. Um, I think that um, the Steelers here um, who – 
go with AJ Brown, um, the the second wide receiver from Ole Miss that goes inside the top ten for me. Yes, the first pick so far that we've had different. I think the Steelers who traded up with the Broncos. Now a lot of people thought the Broncos were going to take a quarterback at ten. Um, they didn't even get one when they traded down to 20. I decided to go a different way here with the Steelers still selecting a quarterback. Now, they selected Mason Rudolph in the past draft, who, who hadn't even played at all and, and isn't good. They they did select Duck Hodges in this draft, who isn't great either. Um, and they had been – we didn't know he was going to get injured, but looking back on it, do we know if he's ever going to return to the same level? No. Even if he does, he's still aging and is going to retire soon. So I think you add a, a not great quarterback, but not a terrible quarterback in Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I like that. Um, Minshew goes a little bit later for me. Um, I, I think that that makes sense. Um, Minshew Magic had a great rookie year and kind of broke out because he was, I don't know, because he had an insane mustache. But, um, That's, yeah. So, yeah, I think we can move on here to eleven to the Bengals, um, where I think that the Bengals here go with uh, Juwan Taylor. Yeah, in real life, just to go back, the Steelers selected Devin Bush, who's off the board, and here the Bengals selected Jonah Williams, which is not a terrible pick. I think he is the best offensive tackle on the board, but I have him going a different way. I'm not a a huge fan of Juwan Taylor. I have him going a lot later here um, near the tail end. I think that is a fine pick. I, if you were going for tackle, I would, I would go Jonah Williams. But I think the Bengals get a skill position, like we pointed out, uh, basically showcased by this horrific two and fourteen season, um, where they lost like their first 11, 12 games. Um, it, it was showcased that they need just about everything, um, maybe except for running back with Joe Mixon. Uh, so, I, so I think you add another skill position. Um, which I think they highlighted well in this year's draft, the 2020 draft. But I think you get started on that one year early by selecting A.J. Brown. Yeah, I like that. Obviously, Brown came off the board. Just one pick earlier for me, so we can move on here to 12, um, where where the Packers are on the redraft clock. Yeah, now here the Packers selected Rashawn Gary, who who I do not have going. I, I don't think he's a very good player. I At the time, I was confident-ish that the Giants were going to select Rashawn Gary at number six if they were not going to go quarterback and they were not going to go offensive lineman. Um, but but they didn't, and he fell to 12. Not an underwhelming rookie season, but not a terrible rookie season. I think the Packers here add what would be the third receiver in four picks. Not already to stand out week one or maybe like a first quarter of the season. Um, it was slightly disappointing. Um over that, but when you look at some of the attributes, plus the fact that he's not a bad player anyway, I think they select Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I have the exact same pick here. I think you give um, Rogers just some more weapons. Um, so, yeah, I think that that makes sense there for both of us. So we can move on here to, to 13, to the Dolphins, but I think that the Dolphins here go with Jonah Williams. Yeah, I have the Dolphins selecting Jonah Williams as well. I already pointed out that I think he is the best offensive lineman on the board. Now, in real life, uh, just to go back to the the twelfth pick, or I actually said that just to just to highlight here, they selected Christian Wilkins once again in an underwhelming rookie season, but not a terrible player yet. Right. Uh, so, so I think this Jonah Williams pick 
although Jonah Williams is not necessarily so great for for value or in terms of value yet at 13, I think the Dolphins could probably help satisfy their offensive line um, mess of an offensive line here because once again, everything was bad for the Dolphins this year. Um, although they were only like five and eleven, which isn't isn't that bad. But um, you you, I think you hold off um, on on selecting a quarterback just because you see how it worked out by getting Tua next year and um, select Jonah Williams, which is a solid upgrade to the offensive line. Yeah. All right. So we can move on here to fourteen to the Falcons, where the pick in real life was Chris Lindstrom, um, and I think that they stick with this pick here. Yeah, I think that is a error that has worked out pretty well for um, the Falcons. I would probably say that he is the best um, offensive lineman on the board, but I think I pointed this out earlier, or yesterday when we were talking about Quentin Williams, that it's, that it's more rare for a team to go with a interior lineman um, over a over an outside lineman or an offensive tackle. But anyway, I think this is a good pick for the Falcons and, and will continue to be a good pick for the Falcons. Now we'll move on to the 15th pick where the Redskins in real life selected Dwayne Haskins. Now, I do not have Dwayne Haskins going. I You do, I know. Um, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is yet – or is a, is a terrible player. Um, yet, I think he's not a good player, and I don't think he ever will turn into a good player. I felt that if – if Dwayne Haskins, or I, I kind of still feel that if Dwayne Haskins is surrounded by actual pieces on his offense, and maybe he can turn into a decent player, but but I don't know if the Redskins are going to get him that anytime soon. So maybe when his rookie contract is up, or or if they decide to trade him, then maybe it will work out better for him. But I think um, they they don't go quarterback here because they're necessarily there isn't necessarily a good one on the board, and they select Brian Burns. Yeah, I like that. Brian Burns goes just one pick later um, for me to the Panthers. I think the Redskins here go with Minshew Magic. Um, obviously, I still, like you said, I have Haskins going towards the end of my redraft here, but I think that the Redson, Redskins like Minshew Magic. Yeah, I think Gardner Minshew is a fine player. I don't think he's great. I say that while I had him going in the top 10, but, but Daniel Jones also does not deserve to go in the top seven. And, and maybe Kyler Murray doesn't go, deserve to go number one, but quarterbacks are just so important that I think I would be willing to, to take a slight reach just to get a quarterback over my current quarterback situation. And for the Redskins at the time, that was Alex Smith, who was actually having a very good season until a, a horrific leg injury. And then, um, it was like Colt McCoy, and and he got hurt, and Josh Johnson, that old Giants backup quarterback, and a bunch of terrible quarterbacks. So I think you were huge um, in terms of quarterback needs, so it's, this is a pretty good pick for the Redskins. Um, we can move on to the 16th pick where you already pointed out that you have the Panthers selecting Brian Burns. I personally have the Panthers selecting Quentin Williams. Yeah, I like that. Williams goes uh, one pick later for me to the Giants, which we will get to in a second. Obviously, Williams had um, had somewhat had an underwhelming um, rookie year as he went three. So considering um, how high he went to how 
the production on the field turned out. Uh, it was an underwhelming rookie season for him. Brian Burns obviously went with this pick in real life, so I think that the Panthers stick with this as they have made a real effort over the last um, couple of years to improve this defense as they talk like basically everyone on defense in this year's draft. So anyway, we can move on here to 17 to the Giants where the Giants got this pick. Um, in the somewhat infamous at this p- point, or maybe it's not infamous in your opinion, but um, the famous, I guess, um, Odell Beckham trade. Yeah. Now they decided to, um, of their second of what ended up being three first round picks, ended up selecting Dexter Lawrence, who I do not have going. I think you could argue that he could go. I am not a huge fan of Dexter Lawrence. I think, like you said, Quentin Williams is a big upgrade now. Now, what I'm about to say is going to be questionable, and I will give an explanation. I have the Giants here selecting Clellan Farrell, the same guy who went number four, and we just claimed one of the more surprising top five picks we've seen in a while. Now, I do not think Clellan Farrell is a terrible player. I think, one, he is not worthy of a top four pick now, and he definitely was not worthy of a top four pick at the time. So I think everyone just got stuck in their heads. Well, wow, this guy went way too high. So he is a terrible player, but that does not mean that he's a terrible player. That means he just went too high at, at number four. So I really do not think Clellan Farrell is a, be- a bad player, and I think he is a better player than Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, um, I, I guess that makes sense. Um, I, I would agree. Um, I think that uh, Farrell, nonetheless, goes goes um, a whole 10 picks later for me. Uh, but I, I think I, I get what you're saying. That's that can usually be the case um, with with guys that go too high. Everybody just gets in their head, well, he's bad because he went too high, but that doesn't necessarily like, – he can still be good. doesn't mean it was a good pick, but it doesn't mean that that player is awful. So I get what you're saying there. Um, and I guess I like that fit. Um, maybe he performs better if he's not already being deemed a bust or, or was a reach. Um, so we can move on here to 18 to the Vikings where – where the pick in real life was was Garrett Bradbury, and I think that the the Vikings stick with that pick as, as they solidify their offensive line. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think Garrett Bradbury has um, worked out pretty well. Another interior lineman, um, pretty solid interior lineman draft class, at least better than, than, their t- than the tackles. Uh, I don't think this is um, – a- an amazing pick as I don't think he's like a star, but I think he's a solid player. And just to sure up your offensive line, why not select him again? So I think that is my reasoning behind that pick. Uh, we can move on to the 19th pick where the Titans are on the clock. Now in real life, they selected, um, they selected Jeffrey Simmons, who, who was not great, but they also did end up snagging at receiver AJ Brown in the second round. Now he is, long off or not long but by the time you get to that pick he is long off the board so um so I think you get a receiver here by selecting Terry McLaurin yeah I like that um I think that uh that the Titans here get a different um receiver a guy who had a very solid um rookie season in Debo Samuel um yeah I I think you could argue who is better um Terry McLaurin or Debo Samuel I have Debo Samuel not being the next receiver off the board, but but one after that. I think Debo is, um, no, Debo is a very solid player. Uh, I, I think he, you see some versatility. I just feel like McLaurin, it, it, or I think Debo is more versatile, but I think Debo is just, or I think McLaurin is a 
is a better player. Once again, when Dwayne Haskins is throwing you the ball and, and um, compared to Jimmy G, and I'm not even calling Jimmy G that good, but he is better than than um, Haskins, and maybe we will see some difference. Plus, McLaurin was banged up for or at some point this year, but but I think both are solid picks for a Titans team that is that's pretty receiver needed. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so we can move on here to uh, to twenty to the Broncos, where um, where the the pick here um, in real life was Noah Fant. Um, I think that the uh, the Broncos here get a guy that they got in the second round, um, a quarterback in Drew Locke. Yeah, it's funny. So I have the same pick, but that's not why it's funny. So if we're going back to my, my not my mock draft at the time, but, but my thought at the time of the draft, like during the draft. Um, so the Broncos traded down from 10 to 20. I thought, well, I guess they did not feel confident taking one of, of Haskins or Locke here at 10. So they're going to trade down and, and and take lock because Haskins was at the board of twenty. They decided to go tight end by selecting Fant. Not not a terrible pick, but um they still by by somewhat lock ended up with lock um in the second round. So I think that that is pretty ideal for for the Broncos to get him again. Now Locke did not make a ton of starts, but when starting, he he clearly I think seems like a better player than Dwayne Haskins. I I think you could argue. I'm also kind of relying on potential slightly as when you look at guys like Gardner Minshew, Daniel Jones, and Drew Locke. Now, all those those are all bold predictions. I have all of that. Well, particularly um, DJ and and Minshew. I have them leading their teams to the playoffs by by somewhat surprise. So that is kind of going off potential where where Haskins is still going to be the starting quarterback on one of the worst teams in the league. So that is a big reason why I'm so much higher on them than Haskins. Um, but we can move on to the 21st pick where uh, the Packers are on the clock. Now, in real life, they selected um, they selected uh, Darnell Savage. I think it is pretty logical to do that pick again as he is not a terrible player, but I think – they go a different way with a guy who I thought was going at least around the top five at the time of the draft in Montez Sweat. Um, yeah, I like that. Sweat um, goes um, a couple of picks later for me. I think that the, the Packers stick with what was their original pick in Darnell Savage. Yeah, I think Darnell is is a solid player, maybe better than Sweat. I, I don't know. But I th- and, I, and I think, once again, if you're going to do it again, especially as he's not a terrible player, um, or maybe even a good player, then then why not? Uh, we can move on to the 22nd pick where the Eagles are on the clock. Now, in real life, they selected Andre Dillard, a guy who I do not have going. He was one of my best cuts, but I do not have him going. Um, not a terrible pick. I have the Eagles going receiver as, as when we saw as the whole team crumbled with injuries this year, they could use some better skill position players, even though guys like Greg Ward and Boston Scott helped them get to the, to the playoffs. I think they select Darius Slayton here. Yeah, I like that. Obviously Slayton had the, had the breakout year, um, for, for the Giants. So I, I like that pick. Slayton goes just two picks later for me. Um, I think that the Eagles here go with Max Crosby. Yeah, I, I have Max Crosby going um, near the later, or not that many, n- not that much later. Uh, solid player for the Eagles. 
not that the Eagles' defense is, like, amazing, but it's not bad. I think it was very important this year and a big reason they could not win that playoff game. I understand you had Josh McCown as your starting quarterback, but you had no one else with um who, who could help contribute, and I think Slayton would have helped probably more than the other practice squad players that, that were playing for them. So not that I ever want the Eagles to succeed, I think, if I were – um, Howie, then maybe that would be the best move for the Eagles, just getting some, some better skill position players. Now, I think you could argue that a guy like Debo Samuel would be a better um, uh, a, pl- a better pick for the Eagles here. I, I, maybe because of, of his explosiveness or versatility, but, but why not take Slayton in terms of just receiving talent? Uh, we can move on to the 23rd pick where the Texans were on, are on the clock. Now, in real life, they selected Titus Howard, a guy who I do not have going, and, and wasn't an ideal pick out of Alabama State. I think they go a different offensive tackle here by selecting Dalton Reisner. Yeah, I have the exact same pick here. Um, I think that they shore up um, the offensive line around um, Watson um, as he has endured one of the uh, – he has endured – uh, an incredible amount of sacks since entering the league in 2017. But we can move on here to to uh, 24, to the Raiders, where I think that the Raiders here select um, a guy, Dill, you had going just just two picks earlier, and Darius Slayton, a guy who had um, a terrific year for the Giants last year. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Raiders, and, and they've done their job. They selected Josh Jacobs, which at least now has been their key pick in the draft, and and one of the better rookies in the league this past year, but but I think you get your job done with um with Jacobs rather than Farrell. Why not take a another player who had a decent rookie season, a second round pick um out of Temple, a, a weird random Temple um player like Hassan Reddick who kind of just emerged as a, a near first round talent in Rock Yasin. Yeah, um, Sin goes um a little bit. Later for me, um, I think we can move on here to to 25, to the Ravens, where I think that the Ravens select Rashawn Gary. Um, you could argue that he doesn't go here, but or doesn't go at all, um, as I, I think he, based on his rookie season, he wouldn't go. But I think that he still has lots of potential as he went inside the top 12. So I think, especially as we've um, if we, as we've only seen one year of, out of these guys, it's very important to, to go off of potential um, in some sense um, with these picks. So, I, so, yeah, that's the pick here for me. Yeah, I wasn't just judging off the rookies, uh, off um, lack of, uh, of a great rookie season. And even in terms of potential, I feel like I probably should have had him going here, um, considering he was also the number one recruit. Not that that necessarily matters, but the team looked at him as a star coming out of high school, so... I feel a lot of times that the higher recruits have higher NFL upsides or, or NBA upsides as well for basketball. Um, I have the Ravens here going um, a, a position that they somewhat lack. They added their receiver of the future here. Um, well, well, they selected Marquise Brown, who is long off the board for both of us. I think they add a different receiver who you had going 19 to the Titans in Debo Samuel. Yeah, I like that. All right, so we can move on here to, to 26 to the Redskins where – where I think that the Redskins um, select Montez Sweat. Yeah, uh, they they made that pick in right. real life. Who has been, he's been? He had a solid rookie season. I had him going number twenty one. I have the picks in real life in twenty one, in twenty six being swapped, and and what you did as well. 
um, by the Redskins selecting Darnell Savage um, Jr., safety out of Maryland. You had him going 21st to the Packers in this. He went 21st to the Packers in this. Um, a solid player for the Redskins who need just about everything on their roster. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. Okay, so um, we can move on here to 27 as we as we wind down these, these last uh, few picks here. All right, so here um, to the Raiders at 27. I think that the Raiders select a guy that they got at four in Cleland Farrell. Now, I think that um, that maybe it's not considered um, a reach here, um, considering he, he went four and that was everybody's mind was blown. But but anyway, that's that's the pick here for me. Yeah, I here have the Raiders going with a different defensive end because Farrell is off the board. A guy you had going uh, 22nd to the Eagles in Max Crosby. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so we can go here. To, to 28 to the Chargers, where I think that the Chargers select the final quarterback um, here, a guy that I had originally being caught, and then I decided against it and put him in uh, just because I think that maybe if you put him in a better situation with more weapons, not saying that the Chargers would be your ideal quarterback situation, but anyway, Dwayne Haskins is the pick here. Yeah, I think Dwayne Haskins is a fine pick for the Chargers. Um, I, I Maybe you have your eyes so well one for starters the chargers were coming off a a 13 and 3 or 12 and 4 season where philip rivers looked pretty good and then the next season they were terrible so maybe you weren't even looking to add to the quarterback considering well you were coming off a challenging the chiefs for this division um i had the chargers going offensive line a guy you would go in a lot higher um than me by selecting joan taylor yeah, all right. Uh, that would be a steal in my book, but obviously we have a different opinions um, on him. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's fine as we've basically only seen one year out of him, so that will be that will be determined later on. Um, anyway, we can move on here to these last few picks. Um, at 29 to the Seahawks, I think that the Seahawks here select Miko Hardman. Yeah, I think that's a good pick, uh, especially considering – um, I have the same pick now, like the Titans, uh, and uh, I think maybe that was it. But Oh, and, and the Ravens, who lost um, their receivers of the future. Why not add another one, um, considering they lost DK Metcalf? Now, Miko Hardman is more of a kick returner, I think, in terms of talent. He made the Pro Bowl doing it this year. Um, he's not better than other receivers in this class, but in terms of speed and um, and in terms of kick returning, I think this is a solid pick for the Seahawks. He can also play some solid receiver and be a good target for Russell Wilson. Uh, so we can move on to the 30th pick where the Giants are now on the clock. Yeah, so the Giants here selected DeAndre Baker, which, I mean, didn't exactly work out on the field. Uh, and. Definitely didn't work out off the field as he had the whole um, armed robbery thing, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Just to give you guys an update on that, that has officially been resolved. All um, all charges against him have been dropped. So so he is all good there, although it still doesn't look terrific on his ref- record. Anyway, I think that the Giants changed their pick here and go with the guy that, Dill, you had going much earlier as they lose um, a guy who broke out for them. In Darius Slayton, um, er, they lost him earlier in the draft. I think that they go with Terry McLaurin here. Yeah, I don't think um, 
Terry McLaurin, or I think Terry McLaurin's a great pick for the Giants who could use um, some skill positions, especially when you look at the fact that they did not address that basically whatsoever in this past, or, or, or whatsoever in this past offseason. Uh, so I think that's a good pick for the Giants. I have them going a different type of skill position receiver, selecting a tight end now, although they have Evan Ingram, uh, he can't stay on the field. That's all I have to say. Right. Now, now, is wasting a tight end in the first round three times in two years, or two times in three years, maybe unnecessary? Yes. But but when you also consider that this year they had three first-round picks and maybe not, I think they select Noah Fant here. Yeah, um, that, that makes sense. Um, I think the fact that, that um, Ingram can't stay on the field is can't be highlighted enough. I think that that is a legitimate concern for them going forward. Um, but anyway, we can uh, round things out here at 31 and 32. At 31 to the Falcons, I think that the Falcons here go with Rakia Sin out of Temple. Um, as Dill mentioned, one of those rare Temple players that just breaks out um, and goes in the for, or goes near the first round. He went early in the second round. Um, and just to round things out, um, I have the Patriots here going with Noah Fant. Um, as they um, lost Gronk. Um, so, yeah, Dill, you can give your, your last two picks here. Yeah, I had the Falcons selecting Eric McCoy, center out of Texas A&M, and then I had the Patriots selecting a different Iowa tight end by going with TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, all right. So uh, that will just that will do it for the redraft portion um, of all that was a fun 10 episodes. We will do the final what-if scenario segment and then, that will be that as far as this episode and this series. Um, so, yeah, we will um, go on to, to what-if scenarios here. Yeah, now there aren't many because um, only one year of football has happened. Uh, and I think a lot of, like, what-if scenarios revolve around, like, Super Bowl champions. And, and the Chiefs didn't even have a first-round pick. And it's kind of hard to think of, of what-if scenarios uh, – We'll just start with a, a somewhat simple one, or, or I guess kind of simple one. Can, like, Gardner Minshew for, for the Steelers, not for you, I guess, because you haven't been drafted to the Redskins, but can he lead um, the Steelers back to the playoffs, considering they were very close and, and he is better than Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges? Yes, um, I think he can. I think that he can slide in um, and um, – and be Roethlisberger's replacement once he goes down to injury. So, yeah, I think he can. Um, as far as me, um, I guess, on my side of the what is scenario there, um, to the Redskins, I think that it actually is a similar situation between um, him and Dwayne Haskins because I think that I don't. I think that Dwayne Haskins, I don't think that that, that him not being good on the Redskins um, in his rookie year isn't necessarily due to a lack of talent or potential. I think it's more due to the fact that he doesn't really have many weapons or an offensive line. Um, so I think that Minshew magic doesn't exactly work out um, for the Redskins, but I think that it probably does um, in your scenario with, with the Steelers. Yeah. Now another one for a team who was, who was near the top of this draft, but ended up having a very good season. Uh, can, can DK Metcalf or, or, the, or who had a great playoffs really help, um, the Bills kind of take that next step rather than losing in the first round because we saw Josh Allen making or trying to make plays on himself or, or relying on the run game in that playoff game. He even caught a touchdown pass. That's how, how needy they were. So, 
maybe it's the fact that they've had having DK Metcalf, who is most likely better than all of their current receivers, is that helpful in in the playoffs? Yeah, I think it is. I think that it ends up working out, especially considering how good Metcalf was in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I do think that um, it helps the Bills take the next step. Maybe they move on to the second round. I don't know that they necessarily make a deep playoff run as that AFC um, playoffs was, was tough um, last year. But, yeah, I do think that he helps them take a step forward. Uh, yeah, one more. It's not uh, significant whatsoever. But but if, if Drew Locke now being a first – pick or a first round pick rather than a second round pick and and a mid first round pick or a little bit less than mid is he a starting quarterback from day one and and does he lead the because we saw the broncos go or or have a a bunch of success i couldn't exactly tell you what what their record was i'm gonna look here just pull it up when he was playing but but when he was playing uh they went um they went four and one which is which is very good uh with Drew Locke, I'm not saying he's a great player, but they went seven and nine. They were three and eight until he started. Um, with Drew Locke playing the whole season, most likely or most of the, or or more than five games now that he's a first round pick, do the Broncos have potentially enough success to like make the playoffs where where the sixth seed was only nine and seven this year? Yeah, I think that they that maybe they do. Um, I think that um, I think that. They they maybe get to the playoffs. Maybe there's a little bit more pressure on him to to succeed. Obviously, being um, as Dill as you mentioned, a a mid first round pick. Um, but I, I think that he probably ends up having a good amount of success. Maybe he doesn't bring them to the playoffs, but I, I think that he does end up having a good amount of success and and brings them at least a little bit more success um, when they um, when they um, if he plays the whole year. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um... So yeah, you want to do an outro because I don't have any more, um, any more. Yeah, so that wraps things up, guys. Uh, thank you to those of you who have listened um, throughout this redraft series. We're about to go finish off the redrafts um, on Dill on Dill's podcast as we do the final NBA one, and then we will um, wrap things up um, as as a whole by by ranking these, um, which will come out probably sometime this weekend, um, if not early next week. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, this was a fun series. So, Dill, thanks for doing this with me. Yep. All right, so that will wrap things up, guys. And I will talk to you guys um, this weekend when we are ranking these draft classes. But, yeah, go check out this DW podcast that we are about to record. Um, but, yeah, I will talk to you guys.